What is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve, and you reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is January 26th of 2022. Guess what, guys? It's currently 2.02 a.m. in the morning. So I really I must apologize. I've been busy on Monday, been busy on Tuesday, got a little busy on the weekend, so I haven't been really able to create new podcasts. But here I am on January 26th, doing my due diligence, right? talking to you, my fans, all across the world. By the way, if you didn't hear my latest podcast, the interview with Jane Galuzzi, please tune in and listen to that. She is a rebel, a courageous, heroic fighter of freedom here in the state of Hawaii. Young girl, beautiful girl with a big heart. Not a racist, not a white supremacist, not a bad person. For all of you haters out there, I'm sorry. She's a really, really good person. By the way... I think I earned a lot of new listeners because of her. If you are new to my podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And follow me if you want. All right, so what do I have on my mind today? Well, first of all, I want to talk about COVID in Hawaii. And then I want to talk about Timmy Chang after I cut to a commercial. I got to cut to commercial, pay the bills, right? I got to advertise my wedding company because that's what I do. I'm a wedding planner or a wedding company. So I got to advertise that out because if you want a wedding plan, you got to come to me. You got to come to me, scriptwriter Steve. My real name is Steve Young. I'm going to do a good job for you. I promise. Really good photographer. I'm really good videographer. Really good storyteller. That's what I do. Professional storytelling. And uh, you won't be disappointed. All right. And I got a lot to say about Timmy Chang, and I think a lot of you out there who are listening out there in the other world have no idea who Timmy Chang is, so this podcast is more for local people, but you know what? I'm still going to be entertaining, so you can tune into the end, right? You can keep you can keep tuning in to me, because I think I'm a little entertaining. What do you say? What do you say? All right, so let's talk about COVID numbers in Hawaii. I'm going to pop this up here, and I'm just, just going to tell you, in this state of Hawaii, they continue they continue to disappoint me because they are just a bunch of freaking liars. Freaking, 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 freaking liars. And they just want you to get boosted. And because they think getting boosted is the entire end to this entire pandemic, they think after this third shot, there's going to be a fourth shot. And in on Maui, the stupid mayor over there who just got infected with COVID. And by the way, he's fully vaxxed. He's triply vaxxed. Um, he got, he got the damn freaking booster and he also practices social distancing and compulsive mask wearing. Guess what? This mayor is now infected with COVID. How do you like that? So apparently mask wearing doesn't do anything for you. Social distancing doesn't do anything for you. And apparently triply vax people like our mayor on Maui, it didn't do, it did not do anything for him. All right. It did not do anything for him. So by the way, so here's the thing. The on Maui to be considered fully vaccinated because you woke up today and you're, you only had two shots and you thought you were fully vaccinated. Nope. No longer. You need three shots. Now you can't go to a restaurant unless you get your booster shot. Right, you can't go to the restaurant unless you get your booster shot. You can't get married on the on the beach unless you get your booster shot. Do you think that's fair? Yesterday it was only two shots, two shots, and three shots doesn't make a difference. You're still going to get infected, and you're still going to spread it. So what use is it? I'm serious. What use is it? Oh, you're going to go into the hospitals. You have a less chance of going into the hospitals. Well, I am going to prove that false. 
All right, I'm going to prove that false just in a second here. Now, 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 I'm going to I'm going to get into this other thing too. So, if you are just tuning into my podcast, because again, I inter- interviewed Jane Galuzzi, and you know, I got a lot more followers now, and a lot of you are newer fans. I've been just railing on the state of Hawaii because we have not been consistent when it came to our test results, our case counts. It's it's a bunch of BS. It's a <sighs> You know, I'm going to blow my top. Blood is going to shoot from my eyes pretty soon because we keep changing the standards and how we measure tests and we're not honest with each other. So what am I talking about? So when COVID first came out, COVID first came out, they weren't issuing a lot of tests out there. You know, it's really hard to get a test. So likewise, numbers were very, very small, right? Now, then they started just testing the people who were symptomatic. So again, the positivity rate was very much skewed because we were going after people who were symptomatic. And then after that, we, t- we changed the test results. Again, our test, our test matter, our, our testing procedures, uh, and uh, included contact tracing. So now again, we were basically going, we're treasure hunting, trying to find people who were sick. Now, if you want honest results, you have to, your, met- your methodology of testing always has to stay the same. So the same number of tests have to be always given out and also the me- your methodology always has to stay the same. Because again, if you increase the amount of testing out there, okay, fine. You increase the amount of testing out there, but then it will also increase the number of positive cases. If you go out there and look for positive cases like contact tracing, of course you're gonna end up with more cases. Common sense, right? So what has what have we been also been doing? Well, just recently, Within the last uh, couple of weeks, the DOH, the, the, the Department of Health, they said they have stopped processing negative results in order to prevent the delay of processing of positive results. So I'm not sure how this works because I thought you have to process a result to find out if you're positive or negative. But here's the thing. They're saying, no, we're not going to process the results at all. We're only going to process the positive results. And so many nurses that I've talked to don't understand this. But here's what I, I believe. They are only going to process the positive results and report the positive results. They're only going to report the positive results, the positive cases. They're not going to report the negative cases because why? They don't want you to know the positivity rate and that it's actually dropping. Okay? And why don't they want you to know the positivity rate? Because if it's dropping, they can't convince you to go out there and get a booster shot. So here's what happened a few of, I think it was one and a half weeks ago, or it was a few weeks ago. Okay. One and a half weeks, two weeks. I don't, I don't really give a hell. I don't really give a damn. Okay. Around there, our case count actually started to level off. You know, we were getting maybe around 2,500 cases. And then, you know, the, the Department of Health and their experts had pie in their face because they're predicting at least 6,000, 4,000 to 6,000 cases per day. 4,000 and 6,000 cases per day, they're saying, hey, wait a minute, the numbers aren't matching up. So what do they do? They move the goalpost again. So they say, oh, we're not going to process negative results, so now we're going to process more positive results, so now we're going to have a more of a surge in, re- t- surge in reporting, and therefore, so we can get to 6,000. So the case count went up to 6,000 all of a sudden because there was a surge in reporting, not a surge in COVID tests or positivity rates. Again, they move the goalposts, you change the methodology and it's not consistent since the very beginning and the whole freaking data pool is polluted from beginning to end, all right? And they keep reporting these, this stupid number of confirmed cumulative cases when that 
really doesn't count. Shouldn't we know just the active cases? No, 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 no. They don't even count what are active cases. All they count are cumulative, cumulative confirmed cases. What does that make a difference? It never makes a difference. Who cares how much money I've made per year? It's always a matter of money, how much I end up at the end after the year because the cost of everything has been going up so expensive. So if at the end of the year, I end up with zero, it doesn't matter if I made 100K a year, I'm still freaking broke if I spent 120K a year, correct? All that matters is what the end number amount is, right? So who the hell, who the hell cares about cumulative cases, how many are active cases? Well, I'm on the state of Hawaii, Hawaii Emergency Management Agency website, and they don't even say that. They don't even let you know. And what do they let you know? Oh, the fatality, the fatality rate is only 0.6%, all right? 0.6%, but guess what? Not everyone is, is reporting. Not everyone is getting tested. So the fatality rate, more than likely, is around 0.1 or 0.2% because they had said before, nationally, epidemiologists said the fatality rate is probably 0.5 less than what is reported. So if we're reporting at 0.6, that means with Omicron, it's 0.1, which is less deadly than the freaking flu and as deadly as the regular common code. And they want you to get vaccinated because of that. They want you to get, you know, doubly vaxxed, triply vaxxed or they don't even know what the hell that means. They have no idea what full vaccination costs, what full vaccination is. You know, if you take the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, you take two vaccines, right? You got to take your regular one and then you take your second one to boost up your antibodies. All right, fine. But people who take the Johnson & Johnson have, have been told one is okay. Absolutely, one is okay if you take the J&J. Now, all of a sudden... They're telling people with the J&J, oh, if you take another booster, now you only got two shots. In some states, I'm not even sure if it's in Hawaii, that's not good enough. You're not boosted yet, by the way, if you took J&J and one other shot. You got to take another shot. You got to take another shot. What the hell? I thought J&J was only one shot and then the one was just booster. Now they got to take another shot? That don't make any sense. That does not make any freaking sense. And by the way, in Israel, they're already doing four shots and they came out and said, their epidemiologist said, you know what? They got it all wrong. They got it all wrong. We were wrong, wrong, wrong because it doesn't make a freaking difference. And by the way, just to let you know, and I've been, I've been doing a lot of research on this and I don't know why it's not reported out there, maybe because there's an agenda, but your immunity cannot be measured by the amount of antibodies that are floating around in your blood. You know, they keep saying that you're, um, after you get two shots or one shot or after you get COVID after 90 days, your antibodies start to wane. Yes, but they, you know, you really don't measure your immune system, your, your immune system's, uh, I guess, ability to fight COVID by the amount of antibodies that are floating around in your blood. It will always wane. That's the way it does. That's how the, that's how the human body works. Do you know that every single antibody is a strain of protein? It's a little strain of protein that is floating around. If we kept putting so much protein little strains around your blood, I'm not sure if that's the right word, strains, but little COVID things, uh, little, I'm sorry, not COVID things, little antibody, little antibody things, right? Your, your blood will literally turn to maple syrup because there's too much protein in it. It can't do that. It naturally has to fade. You can't keep putting antibodies into your blood. You know, there, there is a thing 
called B cell memory, T cell memory, all those other things that actually inf- that actually help fight um, viruses and everything so and everything and so forth, right? And you that is more important. Your B cell, T cell, and I'm saying, I forgot, I forgot there was another one that's more important because when you get sick, then your body creates creates the needed antibodies. They are finding out people who were infected with SARS and MERS still have immunity to COVID. I mean, SARS-CoV-2. They do because what happens? Your body, uh, I guess, when it becomes infected or sees these, these COVID spikes floating around, guess what it does? It actually creates the antibodies. Again, you don't need a booster. You don't need it at all. Absolutely not. Now, maybe if you're older, maybe if you are somewhat immune compromised, you may want to boost it up there. But for the most part, no, you don't need it. Especially if you took, you know, some of these other vaccines, which, by the way, do teach your body some T cell, B cell. And I think there's one, another one, M cell. I forgot. There's, there's another one. I'm forgetting it right now. But there's another one. And it teaches your body memory. You know, it teaches your body how, it teaches your body how to fight this off and your teaches your body teaches your body how to create antibodies without the freaking booster. So why do we need the booster? Because our mares are too stupid to listen to the virologists. And they don't want to listen to the virologists. The virologists that are saying something, they don't want to listen to them. Because politicians are freaking idiots. All they care about is getting elected and and being on the good side of the public and all on top of that being the solution to the fear that they caused. Now, how intelligent are the politicians in Hawaii? Well, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. You know, right now, they're saying we have a mongoose problem. We have a mongoose problem in Hawaii. There's mongoose going all, all the way around, okay? Now, why were they brought into Hawaii? Well, they were brought into Hawaii because we had a rat problem, okay? So we have a rat problem, and they say, we're going to bring in the mongoose to go fight the rats. This is the politician's great idea. And now they have the experts who come out, the people who are who specialize in rats and say, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. You know, because rats are nocturnal, mongoose are not. So when the mongoose are, are out there gall- gallivanting around in the daytime, the rats are sleeping. All right. Now they tell this to the politicians. Of course, the politicians don't listen. They import the mongoose. Now we have a mongoose problem. And they're saying, how are we supposed to know? We're politicians. We're not scientists. And the scientists already told them the answer to that. And they're like, well, we didn't really know. What are we supposed to do? Listen to you? We're supposed to listen to you? Is, is that the real thing? Yeah. But of course, they don't. And right now, we just have politicians who are popular idiots running liberal cities. And in fact, even some Republican cities, right? This isn't a liberal or Republican thing. All right. This is actually just a politician thing. Most of the politicians out there are just dumb Mother efforts. I'm not going to say the F word. Don't do that. All right. More so. Okay. I'm not going to cut to commercial yet. I'm still on a roll here. Okay. I want to get a little, a little mathematical for you because a lot of my, a lot of my friends who are doctors have been telling me, you know what, Steve, you got to stop talking about medical stuff because uh, you don't know anything. You really don't know anything. They're the medical doctors. And when I try to debate with them on it, what do they tell me? Steve, don't debate. I don't want to listen to it. Fauci said, Fauci, Fauci, Fauci said, and I told them, well, you know, scientific debate does not start with Fauci said, and they just shut up because everything they want to say is Fauci said or follow the science, and science should never be followed. Science is meant to be interpreted, all right? All right, so 
I'm going, to, I'm going to go, I'm going to read a Facebook post that I just posted here and I have some old information here because the state of Hawaii, the last time the state of Hawaii, uh, um, gave us all the information, it was on January 6th because, and that's all we can go off of. They're still not giving us all the information. They find out when you give the real information, they make a mistake and they stop giving it to you. So I'm going to read this Facebook post that I just wrote and it'll be a good one. And then I'll cut to commercial. And then after that, we'll talk about Timmy Chang and that entire debacle. So keep, keep tuning in, keep tuning in. Okay. So here we go. So our state continues to lie to us about COVID. And today, that's as of January 26th, or 25th, there were only 1,904 cases here in Hawaii, which represents a dramatic downsizing cases since a few weeks ago. Now, we all know that's a false number because the state artificially inflated numbers a week ago by, number one, changing the way they process tests, and number two, by clumping in the old unprocessed tests into last week. So let me just uh, expand on this. Last week, when we got started getting numbers in the 2,000, I mean, so I'm sorry, in the 6,900 range, close to 7,000, guess what the state of Hawaii did? They processed old tests about two or three months ago, two or three months ago, even in fact, even the summer of 2021, they said these were unprocessed tests, and now they finished processing it, and they're adding it to January 6th. Or January 20-something, 25th, I'm sorry. They added to the January 25th. Why can't you add it to like 2021? No, they clumped it all together. So they added four or 500 more tests that were not supposed to be added to it into the data pool of like last week. Why? Why? That means they're trying to inflate the numbers. If you want honest data, put it to, put that number where it's supposed to be into last summer, last year. They don't want to do that. Okay. All right, so the truth is we've reached the peak of COVID a week ago, about a week and a half ago, in fact, and this was a little too early for them. Also, it made their experts look like idiots. I think I talked about that earlier. So, and Ige, he's already taking a victory lap, patting himself on a job well done, and when in reality, he's absolutely done nothing heroic to write home about. So let's take a look at some of the numbers that were given us on January 6th. So on January 6th, we had 215 people hospitalized. 101 of them were vaccinated. 114 of them were unvaccinated. Okay? So only slightly more people were unvaccinated. Okay? Now, that's pretty interesting. So the 101 were vaccinated, 114 were not. Now, in the state of Hawaii, there are 1,054,000 citizens who are fully vaccinated. That means two shots, okay? Now, how many people are unvaccinated in the state of Hawaii? Right around 500,000, okay? 500,000 people are unvaccinated. So out of the five, out of the 1,054,000 in Hawaii who are fully vaccinated, vaccinated, only 101 of them, 101 went to the hospital because of COVID or with COVID. We're not even sure if it's that's because of COVID, but just say it's with COVID. And out of the 500,000, 114 out of the 500,000 unvaccinated went to the hospital. So what percentage is this? Okay, so for the vaccinated in the hospital of that population, it's 0.009%. That's really a little amount of people, okay? For the unvaccinated, it's 0.022%. So it is more, but it's only more because we're measuring by a hundredth or thousandths of a percent. Okay, a hundred and a thousandth of a, of a percent. Okay, so what does the state of Hawaii do? They start getting cute with the numbers. They say, oh, 
If you are unvaccinated, you are 2.4 times more likely to end up in the hospital. How did they get that number? Well, they divided 0.009 into 0.022. 0.009 goes 2.4 times into 0.022. Okay, so you understand how they're getting that number of 2.4 times? That's effing lying to you. That's a lying to you. So here's the truth. We're going to reverse the numbers just to bring, bring in a little context because if they provided context to the rhetoric, you would say, wait a minute, something's wrong here. If you are vaccinated, you have a 99.991% chance of not being hospitalized. If you are not vaccinated, you have a 99.978% chance of not being hospitalized. So in other words, vax or not vax, you pretty much have a really good chance of not being hospitalized. You know, if you went to Vegas and someone said, hey, you know what? You know what? You have a 99.978% chance of winning. And you'd be like, whoa, let's go. Let's go, man. You wouldn't be there saying, oh, man, that, that, I don't like those odds. <laughs> let's not go to Vegas. I mean, geez, you know, you know that's, that's really horrible odds. I'm sorry. If I told you you had a 99.978% chance of winning $20 million, what would you say? You're like, oh, that's, I don't like those odds, Steve. That's, and, I, and you know what? I don't know. I, I, just, I just can't do it. I, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> that's the insanity of it. The state of Hawaii, including the Biden administration, they're playing with numbers. And anytime, anytime you hear someone says, so-and-so has, is point times more likely to go do this, point something more times likely or something times more likely, you ask the question, how did you arrive at that number? I want to know. I want to know. It really matters. It really, really matters, okay? Because most of the time, they're just playing with tenths of a percent. That's all it is because they can't justify anything else. And that also includes the argument for global warming when they argue tenths or thousands of a percent, okay? So anyway, that's it for now for COVID in Hawaii. We're going to start talking about Timmy Chang. Once I get back from the commercials, hang around people. It'll be a good one. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, everyone, this is Scriptwriter Steve, and I hope you are still there hanging around. Hope you're back from that commercial break because I have a lot to get into regarding Hawaii football, this whole Timmy Chang and June Jones debacle. First of all, I must really apologize to my international and also my other national listeners because this subject is almost purely for the locals of Hawaii. We love our football here in Hawaii. I would say maybe, maybe we loved Hawaii football. We honestly don't give a damn anymore. You know, the more I talk to it with uh, other locals, uh, we are pretty we are pretty okay with uh, local Hawaii football kind of going away, just going away because the our college 
the University of Hawaii, they just really don't want to invest into a good football program. So what we have is a mediocre piece of crap football program that is just hanging around and being crucified left and right. And really, no, but nobody shows up in, in the stands other than the boosters. I mean, <laughs> Hawaii football is only for the cultural elite right now because you know, to get seats, you have to have some connection to get into that small stadium. And when you pay you know, an X amount to go to that small stadium, not only do you have to wear masks and social distance and you can't buy food and you can't high-five anyone over there, well, it costs like an arm and a leg. So why would I ever want to do that? Why would I ever want to spend my weekend doing that? And on top of that, they lose. They're not fun to watch. And they give up. You know, the state of Hawaii, our football team, this year we qualified somehow with a losing record to go to a bowl game. I'm pretty sure they had a losing record. I'm not sure. You know, someone fact-checked me on that. But anyway, we did not deserve to go to a bowl game. And we put our, I guess we were invited to go to it. And because of COVID, because of scary Omicron, we pulled out at the last second. We pulled out the day before the bowl game was supposed to happen. We were supposed to go against Memphis, which is an excellent team, and we pulled out. And Memphis was left with no, with no one to challenge, so they just went home. That's the state of Hawaii football right now. We're quitters. We, we do stupid things like that. You know, whatever happened to the show must go on. Who cares if like, you know, a good majority of your team can't play well and you, you may get blown out. Why don't you just go out with guns a-blazing, right? You know, start the, start the second stringers, start the third stringers. Just go out with guns a-blazing blazing, and allow Memphis the opportunity to beat their ass. Don't just give up and forfeit. What a weak-ass response. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right, so what happened? Now, first of all, to all of my national listeners... I got to clue you in on what June Jones means to the state of Hawaii. June Jones is probably the best Hawaii football coach we've ever had. We've ever, ever, ever had hands down. So he took a failing program, a failing program with a losing record. And in a matter of four to five years, he had us in the BCS Sugar Bowl. So back then we didn't have the playoffs, right? You had to get invited to one of these BCS football games. And first he, first, he had us nationally ranked in the top 25. And the next year, we went undefeated in the WAC. We beat Boise at their best and also the Washington Huskies at their best. And then we ended up, we ended up invited to the Sugar Bowl, which we, that never happened. Now, we got our butt kicked by SEC Georgia, who was led by Matt Stafford, primarily because, you know, I hate to say this, you know, the offensive line and the UH football um, for football players, they went out partying the night before. How do I know that? Well, my family and I, we went up to the Sugar Bowl. We went up to Louisiana. We went up to New Orleans to watch them play. And this was on, I think it was on New Year's Eve. And guess, guess what? Guess who my parents saw out there partying in the streets? The UH football players. They saw all of them. Coat Brennan, all those other guys, they were partying out. They were living up the life. Right, it's New Year's Eve at at uh, in New Orleans. It's a party going on, and you and get, they showed up on New Year's Day at the Sugar Bowl, probably hungover, probably tired, and they couldn't really give their best. But you know, again, you got to give your best to the SEC team. And what did Georgia do? They stayed in, they prepped, they got a good a good amount of sleep, they weren't hungover, and they beat our ass, and we rightfully lost. 
But even with that loss, June Jones was still the man. What a great season. I remember going to the Lowest Stadium. Man, that was the place to go that weekend. Every single weekend for that entire year. Maybe for the last two years. Every game was sold out. The crowd was just... The crowd was just thumping. Everyone was just bumping, man. I mean, it was just incredible. And when we won that last game, the last two games of the year... It, it felt like an SEC game or one of those huge like national football teams, the top five conferences where all of the, all of the crowd, everyone from the stadium just rushed the field and held up our football players on top of their, their shoulders and just like, it, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it before. It was so good to be part of that atmosphere and it would, it, and it will never get it back. We'll really never ever get it back. Uh, especially when the football, when the football gods are, I guess, cursing us. For letting go, for letting June Jones go in the first place. So June Jones, the year after we we left, um, we won the Super Bowl. He left. Now, why did he leave? Well, there's one thing that he wanted. He wanted better facilities for the kids of Hawaii. It wasn't about money. He just wanted better facilities, and the state of Hawaii would not give that to him. Absolutely not. So he left to, to SMU. Now, he wasn't very successful in SMU, and he left. But even then, he was, you know, why would they let our best coach get away? And all he's asking for is to improve the football facilities. So, June Jones goes to SMU. We go through a litany of just really piss-poor coaches. Um, At that time, I was a long-time Life, I mean, at that time, I thought it was going to be a lifelong, uh, I guess, UH football supporter. We were sitting, my family and I, we sat in the same seats for about 20 years. You know, we, we suffered through the Bob Wagner years, the Fred Von Appen years. And, and those are like just piss poor coaches to get to June Jones. And when, you know, the, during that remarkable seasons of June Jones, we had some of the best seats in the house. I mean, we were right there, uh, right on the 15-yard line, eight rows up, where we could just yell at the ref, yell at the visiting team. Oh, I loved it. I just loved it. But, um, you know, a- after June Jones left, the football just wasn't the same. It wasn't as exciting. You know, we had stupid coaches after stupid coach, and it's slowly our winning our winning seasons started to degrade. Our winning attitude started to degrade. And all of a sudden, it was just stupid football. And I remember having the conversation with my father and saying, you know, we love football so much. We really do love football. But, you know, we just, you know, we're just going to throw in the towel because we just hate spending our weekend watching stupid football. I mean, really dumb football. We're talking about second and 20. You just run the ball up the middle. And then it's third and 25. And you just run the ball up the middle and then punt. I mean, really dumb football. Like we're, we're losing 70 to three. We only scored three points. And then there's only seconds left on the clock and they're starting to take timeouts. Timeouts? Just knee the damn ball out. I don't care if you have the ball. Knee it. Just go home. You're taking timeouts. What are you going to do? Score 60 points at the last end? I mean, it's really, I mean, really dumb stuff like that, right? And really other dumb stuff like, you know, you know, oh, we're, we're about to kick a really long field goal to win the game. I was like, oh my God, we haven't won a game for such a long time. We're going to kick a field goal. What do we do? We ice our own kicker by taking a timeout. Why would you do that for? <laughs> it's like our, our coaches were so idiotic. I mean, they, they couldn't even play Madden or NCAA EA Sports football for beans. I mean, it was that bad. I mean, it, uh, uh, it just, we went from one poor football coach to the next. And a lot of them were just hired out 
as to- they were just token hires. And we had the, the Cal Lee brothers, like, uh, who were just high school football coaches who were not ready to coach in college. They ran a, a, a football offense that looked like high school football and they got their ass handed to them. Then after that, we had Norm Chow, who was basically an unsuccessful offensive coordinator. He was only successful because he had other head coaches who were much more powerful than him. But these head coaches never took him to wherever they traveled. And he was in line to become the next BYU head coach, but he wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough. So then where did he go? He came to Hawaii. Norm Chow, he's not like he, he has an impressive resume, but trust me, he's not a good head coach at all. He may good, he may be a good offensive coordinator, but he's not a good head coach. Cause under Fred, under Norm Chow, we sucked. And then after that, we had a lot of other sucky quarterbacks. I mean, a lot of other sucky head coaches. And we just let go of Nick Rolovich, who probably was probably one of the, the better ones out there. We let him go somewhere else and we got this other guy I didn't really follow and he really sucked. Um, we, he's the one who took us to a bowl game after with the losing season. That didn't really count, but who the hell cares? And uh, now, now we had a chance to hire back June Jones. Now we had a chance to hire back June Jones before we had a we had a chance to hire back June Jones when Nick Rolovich uh, applied for the job, and also this other guy before I had to re- apply for the job. June Jones was around. He was around, but again, the University of Hawaii passed on him those two times. So another opportunity comes around here, right? June Jones is available. He puts his hat in the ring. Guess what happens? He's, he's offered a contract, all right? And he walks away. He walks away from the contract because it doesn't make any sense. So what was he offered? He was offered a two-year guaranteed contract. And he wasn't allowed to choose his own coaching staff. How do you like that? He was only allowed to coach for two years in the state of Hawaii and not allowed to hire his own staff. Who would ever commit to that? Who would ever commit to that? Who, you know, that, does that make any sense to you? A two-year contract? A two-year contract. So no, June Jones, he counter-offered and said, well, how about a five-year contract and you can fire me off to any time, but I can hire out any coach that I want. No, the state of Hawaii would not take that. Why? Well, they had their own agenda. What was their agenda? Well, get this. They wanted June Jones to sign, uh, to, to, not to sign, they, they wanted June Jones to hire former Timmy Chang. He's a, he's a former head coach. No, sorry. He's a former quarterback uh, for, for, um, for the University of Hawaii who performed pretty well under June Jones, right? He was a former St. Louis graduate. That's a high school here in Hawaii. He did really well there. June Jones went out there, got him to commit to our school. And during for four years, he ran the run and shoot offense for June Jones. He didn't take us to any big bowl game. And he was not that good. I'll be honest. He was not very, very good. But because of the system, you know, he looked a lot better. But June Jones stuck with him for those four years. And he broke a lot of NCAA records because we were a past happy offense. Okay? But... The, the athletic director for the, for the University of Hawaii wanted Timmy Chang as head coach, and he wanted Timmy Chang to be head coach the thir- after two years of June Jones being head coach. So June Jones had to relinquish his position after two years and pass it off to, to Timmy Chang. It was a mentorship for Timmy Chang. Who, what type of coach in their right mind 
would ever agree to a contract like that. No one. You know, June Jones, why would, why would anyone, why would any recruit, why would any four-star, five-star recruit go to, um, come to the state of Hawaii when they say, wait a minute, June, you're not going to be the head coach in two years. Uh, Timmy Chang is going to be the head coach. And what's his experience? Does he have any contacts into the NFL? No. And you're going to be gone. And you, you know, so by the time I'm a senior, you're going to be gone. That doesn't make any sense. How can you recruit anyone that, that way, right? So what did Timmy Chang get? So Timmy Chang, he got offered a base salary of $500,000 per year, which is pretty high for a guy whose con for his resume sucks. All right. People are saying, Oh, that's really, really high. He's getting paid a lot. Well, first of all, that's, he should be getting paid like $80,000 a year because that's what his, that's, that's the equivalent to what his resume calls for. This guy, this guy, his resume, I'm, I'm going to read it, read it out later on. And you're going to be like, like, who the hell is this guy? Right? I mean, he is not head coaching pedigree. He, he's not there to be the head coach. Now, maybe for 80 grand he is, but not for 700 grand, 500 grand. Oh, absolutely not. Okay. So he signed a four year deal with the University of Hawaii and then got a fifth year option if the team made it to a bowl game in their first or second season. And they're, <laughs> That is so easy. I mean, shoot, you can go to a bowl game apparently with um, in the state of Hawaii with a losing record. <sighs> this is horrible. This is really horrible. So, let, so let's take a look at Timmy Chang. All right, let's take a look at Timmy Chang. Let's let's really take a look. So, once he finished with his UH football career, what did he do? Well, he didn't get drafted. Um, he was on the practice squad for the Arizona Cardinals. Then he got cut. In 2005, then he was on the practice squad for the Detroit Lions, and then he got cut. And then in 2006, he was on the practice squad for the Philadelphia Eagles, my team. Then he got cut. Then he went to the, um, played in the CFL League or something for the Reign of Fire. What a name, right? In 2006, then he got cut. Then he went to play for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the CFL again. 2007 to 2008, he didn't play too well. And then he went to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. In CFL in 2008, again, then he got cut. That's it. That's his entire professional career. Never played a real NFL football game. Right? He played the CFL. Okay, that's great. That's great. You know, professional football, we'll give him, we'll give him some credit. All right. All right. So as a coach, as a coach in 2012, June Jones said, come on board. Now, June Jones didn't hire him actually as a, a coach. Guess what his position was? A graduate assistant. So he even, June Jones didn't even trust Timmy Chang to be an offensive coordinator or even a tight ends coach or a wide receivers coach or any type of offensive minded. He was a graduate assistant from 2012 to 2013. Now, after that, did June Jones offer him a, a promotion to offensive coordinator? No. He went to Jackson State. That's where Deion Sanders is coaching right now. So he was there. From 2014 to 2015 as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And then he got fired. Okay. Then he went to Emory and Henry as the offensive coordinator for one year and then got fired. Then he went over to Nevada uh, during the year um, 2017 as an inside wide receivers coach. Inside wide receivers coach. He's a quarterback. What does he know other than about running routes? And maybe, maybe he knows about running routes and everything. But the intricacies 
of playing wide receiver, he does not know. He knows the intricacies of playing quarterback. Why was he not the quarterback coach in Nevada? Doesn't that make sense? He probably knows how to game plan. He probably knows how to read some defenses. He should be an offensive coordinator, but he's an inside wide receivers coach. Okay, he stays in Nevada from 2018 to 2020. Guess as what? A tight ends coach. Does Timmy Chang know how to block? No. Does he know how to even go in motion? No. What is he doing coaching tight ends in Nevada? Does he know how to run a pattern? No. Does he know how to get off a jam or press coverage? No. Tight ends coach? Really? Timmy Chang? <laughs> okay, so he stays in Nevada. And then he moved to wide receivers coach. So he went from inside, inside wide receivers coach to tight ends coach to wide receivers coach. What does he know about wide receivers? <laughs> Why not put him as a quarterback coach? This guy can spin it a little, right? He holds the NCAA record of all-time yards passing and maybe all-time uh, touchdowns or did do it at one time. And now he's the head coach of Hawaii? What? <laughs> Even the athletic director said he has to intern under June Jones. Another token hire. What they're thinking is that, oh, the state of Hawaii, you know, the, the, the people of Hawaii are going to get back to Timmy Chang because we hired Timmy Chang, your local boy. The same thing what we did with Norm Chang, uh, Norm Chow. Oh, we're going to get behind Norm Chow. Oh, because he's a local boy, not because he's good. And the reason why they hired the Cal Lee brothers, oh, because they they were the coaches at St. At Louis and they're local boys. They're not good. <laughs> this is why the University of Hawaii should just cancel their freaking football pro program because they don't want to invest the money or effort into hiring out a good coach and, and creating a good program. There's a lot of coaches out there who would love to turn around this program. You pay them two, three million dollars a year, you're gonna get a huge stadium filled with fans. You're gonna get like bowl invitations. You're gonna get the opportunity to maybe even compete in the playoffs if you can recruit really well because you have like a five star head coach, you know, on the same level as Nick Saban, all those powerhouses. Because again, they're all getting fired. But if you can guarantee them a good contract, and they're always free coaches because they're getting fired, and they get to live in Hawaii and make four to five million dollars a year, you know, you're gonna you're, you're gonna get a program you could be proud of. But now we get this half-assed piece of crap, right? So what's gonna happen? We're gonna lose. We're gonna go to the local Hawaii Bowl, and no one's gonna watch. No one's gonna give a damn. And, and, this, and the stadium is going to be empty. More people give a damn about high school football in Hawaii than Hawaii college football. All right? So I'm not going. I'm not watching. I haven't watched since. I, I, you know, I really haven't really watched since I left. I left the, the, um, I left the Aloha Stadium as a season ticket holder. I really haven't watched. I really don't care about it because it's just boring, stupid football. You know, I would rather watch Alabama play. I would rather watch Ole Miss play. I would rather watch a lot of these other teams like, you know, Ohio State, Oklahoma, OSU. Those are a lot more fun than watching Hawaii. I still DVR with Hawaii's games on, but I still, I still don't watch them just in case, you know, I, I want to watch them, but I never do. 
I never ever do. Because it's stupid football. Again, what do I predict will happen? Well, empty stands, you know, losing program, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, non-excitement when it comes to like uh, Hawaii fans. And, you know, people are just going to be embarrassed by the entire program. And uh, eventually the University of Hawaii program will, will uh, get canceled. It really will. It really, really will. We're on that, we're on that downslope. There's nothing, if we can't hire out a winner, an obvious winner, and June Jones, by the way, said it wasn't about money, it was about, it was about the terms of the contract. That's really what it was about. All right, people, I am out of here. It's about 3, 3 a.m. in the morning. I need to get to bed. I got a wedding to do um, later on today. I got work. I got actually got work. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. I am... Um, I'm not sure what I'll talk about next time. I'm sure it's going to be interesting. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you later. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQTO Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ 2 Movies. Catch you around.